on this week's episode is Fast X revving up at the box office, the latest on the TV upfronts, and is Assassin's Creed the answer for all of Ubisoft's problems? All this and more as we once again reach our next stop, the PCC Multiverse. Don't be alarmed. The quasi-shimmering light before you is a trans-dimensional gateway to other worlds, other voices, other thoughts, and other realities. Up feels like down, and down feels like the number seven on a Wednesday morning. Don't worry. That quivering, blood-boiling sensation under your eyebrows is all a part of the charm. Welcome to the PCC Multiverse. And we're back with another episode of the PCC see multiverse this is gerald glassford talking right back at you here from pop culture cosmos the lakers fast break inside sports fantasy football and game source we truly appreciate everyone out there listening to all of our great shows and if you can please give us that magical five star review that sounded so william shatner-ish i can't even believe that wherever you get your podcasts plus if you could like share subscribe Follow or do whatever it is that you can to support us right here at the Pop Culture Cosmos and all the awesome radio stations around the world that carry our show. So it's also Swell Game Source, Inside Sports Fantasy Football, the Lakers Fast Break, and the Lakers being right now in the Western Conference Finals. You know the Lakers Fast Break has got many shows that you can go ahead and check out right now for you on YouTube, wherever you get your podcasts. Plus also as well, Vampires and Vitae. Wild Beyond a Witchlight with Wizards and Wine and all the things that they do, including a brand new adventure right here for Tabletop RPG on the Pop Culture Cosmos, where they had a great time with Vason. They have now delved and gone into the Forbidden Lands. So go ahead and check out what they're doing today right there for you with Melinda and the gang leading the way right there for you on Pop Culture Cosmos. Also as well, Vampires and Vitae. And of course... Wizards and Wine, plus also as well, popculturecosmos.wordpress.com, and also, of course, as well, if you want to get the latest news and information on what's going on in the world of pop culture, the latest news and trends can be found each and every day at the Pop Culture Cosmos on Facebook, and if you can support all of that, it is sincerely appreciated. But it wouldn't be a PCC multiverse without my good friend. She is our own family, 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 family. (laughs) Family, family, family. Well, Pop Culture Cosmos, you got to go ahead and check out what she's doing today. Of course, right here on the Pop Culture Cosmos on YouTube with, of course, what I said, Basin and Forbidden Lands. Plus also as well, you got to go ahead and check it out as the main source of angst for her husband, Robbie Ross, at Vampires of Vitae as I watch every time out. Plus also as well, you've got to go ahead and check her out as Robbie Ross tries to provide her a lot of <laughs> angst on Wizards and Wine with Wild Beyond the Witch Site, it is my good friend. It is Melinda Marcos Ross and Melinda. Family, 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 yes. family, family, got- family. Family. That Harry, I, I don't know if it was an edit that a fan did or if it was something that was, it has to be something that a fan did. And it was like the contest between Dom from Fast and Furious and Harry Potter. And they were like, okay, what do you have that makes you better than Dom? And Harry Potter's like, I have a cloak of invisibility. And then the camera comes back to Dom and it goes, what do you have that Harry Potter doesn't? And he just goes, family. <laughs> oh, sick bird. Anyway. What if we spent the whole entire, I think every radio station would kick us off the air if we spent the entire episode going family, 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 family. I, think, I live my I life think... a quarter mile at a time. <laughs> you never had me. You didn't have your car. Absolutely. Watch anyway. me while I drive on the side of a of the Hoover Dam. There you go. Heck yeah. Is it the Hoover Dam or I, it's alongside of a dam? I know. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. But are they saying "damn" when it comes to the, <laughs> the actual movie? We'll talk about the early response to Fast X which is supposed to be the part one, which we found out is now the part one of a part three episode. It was supposed to have been two, but Universal says money, money, family, yeah. family. So they want three. So we'll talk about part one of three when it concerns the Fast and Furious series for the Fast X. 
which is coming out this weekend. That's coming up in a bit. Plus also as well, we'll talk about the TV upfronts. Not so much all the the news as far as the shows. We'll talk a little bit of that, of course. But I also want to talk about what these these Hollywood studios are actually doing and not doing to try and resolve or not resolve the writer's strike. That's coming up here in a bit. Plus also as well, Ubisoft. Ubisoft has uh, talked about in recent years their problems, trying to go ahead and you know get back on the right track. They were once a very, very much valued and very much uh, appreciated, very much wanted, and very much in the hierarchy of video game industry. We'll talk about where they stand now and how they are now going to be even more reliant on a major title of theirs. And if that's a wise thing to do, that's coming up in a bit as well. Plus, we're going to be talking a little bit more about the Xbox, a little bit of update on that. I know Josh and, and uh, TJ and I had a great conversation earlier this week. There's an update in the news on that. Plus also the creator. I know Melinda dropped that on me as far as the trailer for a new movie. We'll talk about that one in a bit as well. Plus some other little tidbits in the pop culture cosmos for you each and every time out. But first, my friend, it is family, 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 family. <laughs> so much family 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 it is ben diesel he is bringing his family back onto the screen mm-hmm. and I, normally i would say whether you like it or not but the thing is you know with with the fast and furious series i i often liken it to the assassin's creed uh, you know speaking of ubisoft as far as try to follow the exact timeline because there it's really been uh, misconstrued and all over the place and the there's their storyline from one fast and furious to the other you just does not make sense similar to what assassin's creed they just somewhere along the line they just said ah the heck with it and just go ahead and just kept on making making games and then in this case fast x they kept on making movies so your thoughts on this the advanced word and the reviews which came out just before the release of the movie are not good and i'll get the metacritic score up here in a minute but from what i've seen already on the bullet points of articles and reviews all over the place it's not good but then again it's on the lower tier of fast and furious movies but then again people really don't care about you know thespian acting or really deep emotional drama when it comes to fast and furious movies They just care about where Vin Diesel can drive a car, whether it's alongside a dam, a mountain, space. They don't care. They just want to see the, 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 well, I'll just say it. And I, and I apologize for offending anyone. The bikini bodies. Yeah. Fast cars. That's fair. I'm not trying to be sexist or anything like that. And well, you know, and for the ladies, they want to see, you know, the cutoff shirts and the muscles for Vin Diesel to play it fair. Yeah. Oh. And isn't Momoa in this movie? Momoa is in this movie. You yeah. know, he's you don't have to say anything. Shirt. Else. Yeah, there yeah. you go. Button down shirt. You see, yeah, there you go. Got the hair flowing. There yeah. you go. Absolutely. You know, I'm sure the girls are going crazy for that. So, yeah, you got all that going on. Who needs substance, right? Who needs it? Which, these are great overrated. Date. You know what? These are great date movies, and they always have been great date movies because they don't ask <laughs> anything of either party. No, honestly. I was gonna. Yeah, my mind was in the gutter there because I'll tell you why. Because it's a great date movie because you don't spend any time on actually watching the movie. You can spend more time on your date. Well, instead. I mean that too. Whatever you want to do with the yeah. date is yeah. up to you. Exactly. Just know that there are actually cameras in the theater now these days. In red that they actually see what you're doing it's oh, you're dear. not exactly in the dark anymore uh, i'll just let you know that in, in most theaters these days so i'll just leave it at that so be careful what you do out there right. when you go on your date yeah. yeah you might actually have to watch the movie after all yeah but, but i mean it, it, they really the, these movies traditionally don't ask a lot from their audience you get they're they're the perfect popcorn flick they really are there's lots of crazy action there's beautiful fast cars there's beautiful people driving them through impossible conditions making the impossible happen i always got time to watch one of these movies okay as long as you do i've actually throughout the course of my life has managed to unfortunately or fortunately however you see fit seen all of them yeah i i I don't even know how i did but i actually have 
<laughs> but you know, just to watch if you're trying to piece together from point A to point Z, you might as well just forget it because yeah. it doesn't make any sense. It retcons itself from the previous film, not even from movies before, which it does that as well. It retcons the retcons and, and it just changes everything on the fly to whatever makes sense that they think at the time. You know, it just it's sometimes very baffling. It is not the most friendly. If you were teaching a film class, uh, it would be not something you would want to. Okay. Actually, if you were to present how not to do a film series, then you would put the fast and furious out there. But outside of that, you know, it, it does have the flashiness. It does have style. It certainly does not have stub substance, but you know what? The fact is that style sells. It still makes a ton of cash here domestically, but more importantly, the reason why it's surviving today, the reason why Universal has asked for a third instead of just two ending movies, a third ending movie, I still think they're going to do a TV series. I still think they're going to do a TV series at some point for Peacock. Uh, just, just a gut instinct. So when it comes around, I'm just going to say, I told you so, but they're going to do three of them. They're trying to bleed it out simply because of the fact that the international audience they love the style. They love the fast cars. They love the ladies. They love the guys. You know, they love all that stuff jumping from here and there. The, those unrealistic stunts that you actually see to end up having, you know, to be on CG all the time. They love it. And they've been eating up and they've been gaining a ton of money from it as far as the Fast and Furious series. Yeah. And, and like I said, the, the, these, these movies. These movies will make money for as long as they decide they want to make these movies. And that's that's the, the truth of it. Really. That's why it, they tried to stretch it out. It's almost like the walkie dead. We're going to put out one more <laughs> than we told you we were going to do. Yeah, you really couldn't sit down and watch the first movie and predict that we would be talking about Fast X at this point. Like, I, I don't think. Especially not after Tokyo Drift. And that was one of my least favorites of all of them. And um, Han died. We pretty much thought he died, yeah, but yeah. he didn't die. So now he's I mean, been alive. He's alive. Now he's going to go, and you see him now in the in the trailer with meeting Jason Statham, the guy who supposedly killed him. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. that's yeah. 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 I mean, they they just keep. Where's putting... Gal Gadot? <laughs> Good question. She she, she only she's... fell off an airliner. That my God, bring her back. She, she may show up. You never know. I mean, she's got yeah. some free time now that the Wonder Woman stuff is on hold. Yeah. If if Han could get run over and yeah. blown up and he lives, you know, she just fell off an airplane. It's not that big of a deal. You know, I, I'm going to reach out to Vin and ask him where Gal Gadot is because, uh, I mean, he's a dungeon master. I'm a dungeon master. I feel like we have some common ground where I can just spark up a conversation. I mean, like, so how about Beholders? By the way, why haven't you brought Gal Gadot back yet? Mm -hmm. And Michelle Rodriguez, she just keeps cashing in those paychecks, got her Why fast not? X paychecks, got her paychecks from Dungeons and Dragons, which yep. is now on Paramount Plus. Big shout out to Dungeons and Dragons, Honor Among Thieves. If you don't see it, if you don't see it, Melinda, yeah. we have issues. I'm going to tell you that. Okay. Okay. No, and I, then it, got, she, she's got the Avatar check as well. Yeah. Because that's, oh, that's, that's right. Headed, and remember, that's heading to Disney Plus here uh, in the not too distant future as well. So, yeah, yeah. absolutely. So, wild. There you go. She's wild, making wild. the most out of all of these all of these people. So, rock I on. don't know. I think that for some reason, I feel like Vin Diesel uh, is okay. Always he's got busy. the Guardians money. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I, I feel like he's always busy. We just don't know about what Vin Diesel is up to. Does right. he have like is a production studio or something? Oh, yeah, absolutely. But does yeah. he also get paid by the word? Because he just says, I am Groot and family, family, family. And that, you know, he gets paid the mega bucks. Well, I think it's by the page. And if it's just I am Groot on 11 pages, then he gets paid 11 full pages. Yeah, the writer's strike doesn't really help him because he doesn't still write too many <laughs> words for him. So. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but it, it does make a ton of cash. All jokes aside, uh, with Fast X, Normally, if I told you, Melinda, that the Metacritic score on it is a 58, uh, that would normally get you concerned yeah. for most series. I don't want to say this is review proof, but this is something I think that, you know, even if it doesn't do as well as the others, you're still talking seven to eight hundred million before all is said and done. Yeah, I, I'm pretty sure that these movies came out right 
after I got my driver's license was when the first Fast and Furious early two thousands. Yeah. Oh, okay. No, it would have been way after that then. No, you just keep no, going. Run I'd with that. Been... Run with you. Run with that. Run with that. <laughs> yeah. Right. Okay. I was finished high school. Okay. It's fine. I can come to terms with it. I promise. Eventually. I won't even tell you how old I was when I'm this started. So let's just yeah. go ahead. Move uh, on. But um, you know, it's it's a franchise that despite all of the things that you have pointed out when you go see a fast and furious movie there is no mistake you're watching a fast and furious movie and i think that that's been the biggest contribution to the longevity you you know exactly what you're gonna get when you go in to sit down and watch a fast and furious movie no matter what they have to retcon or characters that they bring back from the dead and and all of that stuff they're just they're always consistent and i think that that says a lot for uh you know the the type of movie fan who's going to go and and see a fast and furious movie so i do want to go ahead before we end the show talk about a film that actually got a sigh of relief and a series that got a sigh of relief as far as his performance in the box office in the second weekend so we'll go ahead and touch on that later but for fast x I think there is going to be a drop off i don't know how big with the with the reviews possibly bad word of mouth could be big, but still, the fact that it does and relies so heavily, so heavily on international money, where I don't want this. Yeah, you know what? I won't even go there. I won't even go there because, uh, again, it's all about tastes and styles, depending on the country or, or area of the world that you live in. What you like is maybe not what other people like, et cetera, right. et cetera. I still think that this movie and this series is heavily reliant on international more than domestic dollars. And I think even if it does underwhelm here in the U.S., I still think that there's a lot of life left for it internationally. Yeah, and I'm, I'm of the same mind. And, and I think that it would be clever for there to, once these three movies that are now going to wrap up the Fast and Furious saga wraps, perhaps we could see uh, the countries where Fast and Furious is still doing incredibly well get the licensing done and, and do their own Fast and Furious. I bet you that would be wild. I'm telling you, though, I mean, you, there's already theme park rides with of Fast course, and yeah. Furious. I really think that at, as soon as this three is done, Universal will still want to go ahead and tap into that money. They're either going to reboot it like they're doing with Harry Potter. Right. Or they're going to go ahead and put it into a TV series. And you could easily do that because it's just cars, right? You don't have to crash them on every episode. You could just right. race them and then crash one maybe at the end of the season. But, you know, I think it's something where you could go ahead and really this is something that realistically – you could have like an offshoot cousin of Dom who also says family, 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 <laughs> and make it into a, a thing as far as, uh, you know, foundational piece for Peacock going forward. Yeah, absolutely. It, it could really be a, a series that Peacock gets to kind of hang its hat on, so to speak. Oh, 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 there you go. Absolutely. Pun, pun, pun. But it is Fast X. It is now in theaters. Uh, it is available worldwide for your enjoyment and of course it involves all the crazy stunts the crazy cars the crazy get-ups the crazy people and of course the most important thing to us the crazy storylines so are you going to go ahead and check out fast x are you driving are you racing to the theater to go ahead and check out fast x please let us know your thoughts pop culture cosmos at yahoo.com for the latest news and information, analysis, and opinions on the Los Angeles Lakers and the NBA, check out the Lakers Fast Break podcast today on wherever you get your podcasts. Well, my friend, there's more to talk about on today's show. I wanted to go ahead and hit up something very important for this week, and that is the TV upfronts. And I know you were throwing stuff at me in regards to Loki giving a release date later this year, October. Yeah. And then uh, that was so interesting, though, when Disney came out, of course, ABC, they came out with ABC. A lot of their stuff is live. A lot of their stuff is uh, reality. I right. feel like I'm being transported back to 2007 and 2008. Huh. Last time there was a writer's strike yeah, because of weird. it. Yeah, CBS, same thing, NBC, all going to more live programming and more reality-based program. Hmm, yeah, all right, but here, I'll talk about that in a second, what I think of that. But the thing is, with 
tell me if you found this interesting because you threw me the Loki season two, which we both enjoyed, which yep. we both like. Uh, season two, I can't wait for it. Uh, even with Jonathan Majors uh, and all the, the stuff that's going on there, you know, he's going to play an integral part of it. But coming up uh, exactly the next month after that in November is Echo. Marvel's Echo, the character who was made famous from the awesome and much underappreciated Hawkeye series, the best television series Marvel's ever had, in my humble opinion. Mm-hmm. And with Echo, though, while uh, while Loki season two is coming out episodic week by week by week by week, you have Echo that's coming out netflix style all at one time with all of its episodes curious why do you think that is huh well kind of makes you think doesn't it there there could be um an aspect of this which is simply time spent on the disney plus app so releasing an an entire season of something like that could keep people on there for a couple of hours It, it could end up being uh, something that they use for their uh, for leverage on their advertisement um, tier subscription because mm-hmm. they started that or they are starting that or something, right? Yeah, yeah. So it, they are. It could be something tied to that where they want to improve time spent on the app um, or in the streaming, uh, you know, window or or whatever you want to call it. Uh, that could be one reason that they're doing it. Uh, another reason that they're doing it is just to to keep you know. Honestly, I no. I think it all has to do with just keeping people on the app longer. Okay. Yeah. But that, but how does that keep people on the app longer if they're releasing it episodic with one show and then the next they're they're just dumping all the the episodes on the other? Well, that's just it, right? You're you're gonna watch Loki and you're gonna want more new content, so you're gonna burn through a couple episodes of Echo, and uh, maybe you'll come back to it through the week or not. But what's going to happen is next week you're going to get another new episode of Loki. And if you haven't managed to go back and watch all of Echo, uh, then you're going to have, you know, the ability to burn through two or three more episodes of that uh, when you Mm -hmm. sit down to watch the TV. Um, I would I would hazard to guess that they have analytics that show um, that people are tuning in for the one episode and then they're just bailing out of the Disney app. So I think that this could be a test to see if releasing it all at once is beneficial to them at all. Uh, I think there could be some of that kind of stuff happening behind the scenes. Okay. I think also maybe that Marvel doesn't have faith in one of the series, either or. Could that be a little hint as well? I mean, it it could be, but I I don't know. I'm I really... <laughs> Let me put my tinfoil hat on here for a second. Okay. I'm just thinking, okay, I, I'm trying to, you know, just trying to read between the tea leaves here on why that could be. And it's not like one is being released at some other point in time of the year. You know what I'm talking about? We're talking about one month, you're releasing this, and then the other month, you're just putting all out there. And this tells me that you sounds like you're dumping one and then you're really taking care of the other. If I was a gambling gal, I would gamble on uh, them wanting to test their audience to see if they can hold on to them, if they can get a Marvel audience to watch, you know, two or three, maybe even four episodes in a, in a turn, you know, and, and pair that up against with what they will see from or what they have been seeing, I guess, uh, from all of their uh, regular television show or I guess streaming shows that they that they drop. So with that in mind, my friend. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, again, it comes down to the, what they were showing off this week with all the studios, whether it was Warner Brothers, uh, whether it was ABC, Disney, Disney Plus, CBS, NBC, Netflix, even showcasing a lot of their stuff. Of course, Netflix, the streaming outlets, they're a little bit more. We they actually have to show you a lot of the stuff that's not live or that's not uh, something that they can do as far as reality based. A lot of, a lot of there is still dependent on pre-recorded or pre-filmed stuff uh, as yeah. far as the streaming outlets. So they still got a lot of stuff in the tank that they're going to have to go ahead and wheel on out of there. But with the broadcast networks, they were just flaunting out there that they're saying that there's, you know, I even heard the word strike proof, which I think in this case is bad wording. 
Yeah. I really think that's ill, ill uh, mannered. And, you know, I understand there might be harsh feelings right now between the writers and the, and the studios, but you got to try and work things out if you can, if at all possible. But I will say that again, you know, they put stuff out there as far as schedules that are supposedly strike proof. I don't think that that's going to be the case. I think you, they are going to have issues the longer this writer strike drags out and it is in the best interest of all parties concerned to get this writer's strike re resolved and to get it taken care of. Because again, this is about uh, dollars and cents when everything, it always comes down to dollars and you're losing a ton of cash. The studios are, the writers are, nobody's going to be happy at some point in time. You're all going to have to get to the table and work out an agreement at some point in time. Might as well just do it sooner rather than later. Yeah, I, I agree with that. And you know, I, it's funny to me, like, because I, there may be a, a perception out there by just like Joe Q public, you know, just regular everyday person on the street. There, there may be a perception out there that just because you are a writer in Hollywood, uh, you're very well off and you get paid gobs of money. And that's truly not the case. <laughs> that's, that doesn't seem to be the way that it works. There are writers out there who do make that kind of money, but uh, the vast majority are, you know, sh the average slub, uh, just like the rest of us. And, uh, you know, when, when they're looking at uh, this changing landscape that we've seen over the last few years with the streaming and, and stuff like that, uh, I do think that they should be compensated correctly for their work. And uh, if, if something was happening in, let's say, uh, radio once upon a time, and I can remember going into union negotiations and they had been talking about wanting us to start uh, voice tracking for like out of market radio stations and stuff like that. Well, we, uh, we wanted more money for that. Yes, it's still part of my regular workday, but I'm in a different market. So yeah. I, I understand fundamentally. No, I don't think fundamentally is the right word, but I understand mm -hmm. academically, I think, uh, what the writers are talking about and uh, and what they're asking for. And I don't think what they're asking for is outlandish. I know that, you know, TV for the next little while could be a bit of a pain in the butt for you, but that should just make you appreciate those people who are on those picket lines a little bit more. I already appreciate them now. Just seeing those yeah. schedules laid out there and the fact that I absolutely do not like reality TV for the most part outside of, you know, a rare few and yeah. you know, some type of investigation shows or sometimes when you catch a smuggler or, you know, sometimes, you know, every now and then like Storage Wars was a big hit in this house uh, for, for many years. Okay. Every now and then is okay. But when you become reliant on it uh, and some of the stuff that the, you see in these reality shows, very contrived, you know, there's producers behind the scenes pulling all the strings after so many years. Now the thrill of watching reality shows for the most part is gone because you already know what you're going to get. For sure. And uh, you know, the, these reality shows, let's face it, are not based in reality in any shape or form. Otherwise it would just be the Truman show. And that's what we would watch on TV. So these reality shows are, are contrived. They they have their villains. They have their good guys, just like any show that is scripted. Um, so let's, let's not pretend that reality TV isn't manipulated. Fun at the Rosses. How about that for a reality <laughs> TV show this, this fall? It would just be a lot of me staring at a computer and then Robbie coming in and asking me if I want to go get a coffee. Oh, and the answer oh. is always yes. I do want to go for a drive. <laughs> and oh, that's cute. And then you go to a theater to watch Fast X, and you got to make sure again <laughs> that there's camera must, might be watching. You know, yeah, yeah, that's, right. that's right. That's right. That's right. But once again, it is the writer strike and all the things that are going on with that. It's still going on, unfortunately, and, and it led to a lot of decisions that were being made with the studios coming out this week with their upfronts and for the most part you know they're they're flaunting the fact that they don't have to in their opinions as of yet try and reach an agreement with the writers which again just does no one any good just does no one any good to try and go ahead and try and and just smooth over this or gloss over this that there's not going to be a real problem or that there's not a problem now with entertainment not being made at this point in time in a lot of circles with all these shows and productions being shut down because of it. So tell us your thoughts on what's going on with the TV upfronts. Was there any shows that you liked? Absolutely. That, that were presented that were really good. Looking forward to it. 
new shows maybe on the horizon that you might have saw a trailer for? Or are you really upset with what the entertainment industry is doing when it concerns the treatment of its writers? Please let us know your thoughts, popculturecosmos at yahoo.com. Rob McCallum Films is back with a vengeance. Power of Grayskull, the definitive history of He-Man and the Masters of the Universe, which chronicles the ultimate 80s billion-dollar franchise, Masters of the Universe. See exclusive interviews and hear untold stories from the people responsible for creating the world of Eternia, a place full of magic and science, and learn about the craft of creating action figures and animation. Power of Grayskull is just one of our many projects at Rob McCallum Films. Well, one half hour down, one half hour to go, my friend. And something I really wanted to touch on was an article this week on IGN in regards to Ubisoft and and their statements in regards, you know, financial statements. We're making X amount. We're making this amount. Uh, Ubisoft is a company that we've touched on on this show. When we started in 2016, they were reaching the heights of the heights. They were being thought of in the top five uh, video game companies on the planet they were at they were at their realm they were at the top of the heap when they had you know going on a lot of good things were going on with rainbow six had good things going on with the division they had good things going on of course with assassin's creed that had reached a a, a, just basically a plateau for them as a company plus some other things that were going on that were really clicking far cry series and whatnot really starting to click for them but the decisions that they made since then have become for the most part worse and worse and worse uh division two did not hit with audiences they decided to get into the battle royales that were really lame for them that got absolutely zero success for them in many ways outside of you know again rainbow six uh, for Honor uh, really has not resonated with audiences the way that they liked. And there's some other titles as well that they've tried to bring out that have really not done the same thing. And then, of course, Assassin's Creed, which they were doing to death. Then they tried to give it a gap as far as trying to maybe, okay, let's slow down. Let's bring it out every other year whatnot. And it's still doing okay. But then again, it's their biggest name. So they recently talked about how that Ubisoft is going to go ahead and push the IP back to where it once was, where they were pushing it, you know, just incessantly on you, like Call of Duty, and maybe make it their cornerstone even more. They're going to be even more reliant on Assassin's Creed. So I ask you, and I, I can also ask this to Josh when he comes back in June full time. Because you know he's a very familiar with the Assassin's Creed series, but I wanted to get it to someone different that doesn't play Assassin's Creed all all mm-hmm. the time. Your thoughts on this? If you were Ubisoft, would you be so reliant on the Assassin's Creed IP? Well, I so Assassin's Creed Valhalla because I I knew that we were going to talk about this, so I so I have looked into a few things, right? And I I know that there are are people out there, but I mean, there's people out there who don't like any video game that's released. doesn't matter what title it's under. That's just a thing that people do. But um, from what I understand, Assassin's Creed Valhalla has, I think the number was 44% more users online than any of the other Assassin's Creed Mm -hmm. games have had. So that number would make me pretty comfortable. But, to rely on the Assassin's Creed stuff. But the overall sales. Yeah. It's not what it once was at the height of the Assassin's Creed series. I mean, the sheer let's sell $60 games at that point in time. Now it's $70 games. But right. at that point, it was $60 games. You're talking about Assassin's Creed 3. You're talking about Assassin's Creed Black Flag. Those games at the height of the series were selling tens of millions of copies. I don't think the same can be said about Valhalla selling at that high of a level as it once did. Right. And that that's fair. And, and maybe uh, what we'll see moving forward is a little bit more like smaller groups working on some of the, the downloadable content for some of the past versions of Assassin's Creed, uh, but bigger teams uh, working on uh, the title and the new games as they come because that, that well I'm be... actually wrong on that because it says in revenue it's earned more than any other game in the series so yeah, there you go yeah so um, I I don't think that they're incorrect in in their thinking there I just think that they have to make sure 
uh, that they're doing it right and that they're putting the the right pieces of it in place and that they're putting the right level of importance on stuff and giving it priority where it needs to have priority, uh, putting the best people on it. Um, you know, that kind of stuff. I, I think internally it's going to start from them, from the grounds up when they start to, uh, to work on it at the next edition of Assassin's Creed. So, okay. With Valhalla earning more revenue yep. than any other, it doesn't, you know, and that obviously means, you know, that they didn't say sales. So did they, they, and they're not flashing the numbers. So tells right. me, you know, they may, even though they may not have sold as many, copies they're still on the dollar amount they're earning more than any other assassin's creed games obviously that means that they are you know they're still heavily reliant on it and now they're talking about as i'm reading articles all over the place they're talking about possibly working on as few as six but maybe even up to 11 in the pipeline and absolutely pulling all of its resources from other games and working on assassin's creed related programming yeah, I, I think that uh, if you're going to double down, you might as well double down on the thing that's making they're, you money. They're quintupling down, it seems like. You know. Sorry. Yeah. They're, yeah. So I'm, I'm, it's just amazing to see the kind of, of uh, reliance on this. I don't know. Is this a recipe for disaster or is this a recipe for success? I my I'm gonna put my money on success. I, I think it's gonna do fine, and I think that uh, you just you know, it, it takes a couple of people with some really good solid ideas who really respect the IP, uh, to sit down and work on it and and cradle it and nurture it and rock it to sleep and burp it and when it needs to be done and. Uh, and then, you know, release it out into the world, but continue to support it as the game grows more downloadable content, different story sidelines, different side quests, all of that kind of stuff. Uh, I think that, uh, you know, the initial purchase point is just one piece of that pie. And, uh, you know, with the the online stuff now, uh, I really think that it's it's just opening more and more streams of revenue. And I think if they're smart, they'll figure out a way to capitalize on it for Assassin's Creed. Well, I hope so for them, but I'm very worried because it's only really worked to the extent, uh, you know, with sports games that, mm -hmm. you know, have to come out every single year. The WWE 2K games have come out every year, but then you have really as far as a non-sports titles, really when it comes down to it, the Call of Duty series is the only really one that's actually flourished you know, to any really given extent when you've really put out an extended number of games year after year after year, there was talk that maybe Xbox would give, or excuse me, Activision would give Call of Duty a year off, you know, or maybe just provide some DLC for the game that came out last year. Now I hear rumors that they're going to be doing another game in the series again. So when it comes down to it, I mean, they're reliant. Activision is so reliant and don't give me Overwatch don't give me any of the Blizzard titles anymore because right now this company is is so and we'll talk about Activision Blizzard here in a little bit when it concerns Xbox but you know they're so reliant on Call of Duty which is part of the reason why I would love to see it in the hands of Microsoft because I think Microsoft could just expand that portfolio once again even more for Activision Blizzard and do such a much a better job but when it comes to Ubisoft I don't know Assassin's Creed has seen its downturn at some years, and I'm glad to see it starting to go up again with Valhalla, but I'm concerned that they're just laying all their 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 bricks into one house. Well, it could just be that, uh, you know, the, the project that gets everybody excited, you know, internally could be Assassin's Creed. So that could be, you know, the one that they're making their flagship. And um... Well, they're doing 11 different Assassin's Creeds, maybe. That's yeah. a lot of Assassin's Creed. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, you know, but there, there's a lot of Call of Duty, like you said. And um, I don't know how many different versions of Rainbow Six there are, but I know that I played, uh, I think it was Siege. Uh, yes. I was terrible at it, but gosh darn it, I tried. Um, and, uh, you know, even being a person who was uh, really terrible at first-person shooters, I enjoyed playing the Rainbow games, uh, Rainbow Six games. So, uh, you know, there's... And I would love that, to I see think. that. I would love to see that extension because Siege has now been out, what, six, seven, eight years now. And so, Ooh, yeah, at least. And it's time for, I think, a new new game in the series. I would love to see that promoted. I, I know For Honor was something I was had high hopes for, but unfortunately it's not gone the way that that, that Ubisoft has, has hoped it would. Uh, of course, some of the other games. 
I mean, they still have the Just Dance series. I love Just Dance. My girls love Just Dance. They're asking me to buy Just Dance 2023 for Nintendo. If, although it's not the, I guess, the surprising under-the-radar seller that it once was, it still makes them a good bit of money. Yeah, but I can't imagine a video game company really excited about hanging their hat on Just Dance. Do you know what I mean? Like, I, I feel like if you are a video game company like Ubisoft and you're like, you know what? Just Dance is going to be our our billboard title. That's the one that we're going to invest all of our money in. Yeesh. I don't know. I, I don't. I I can't imagine that that would be a positive thing. I, I think that announcing that you're going to name it, put it after Assassin's Creed, though, and, and make that the, the baseline for your work, I think is kind of smart. What if one of the, those 11 possible up to 11 titles in development for Assassin's Creed is Assassin's Creed's Just Dance? And so well, all the Templars dancing, and you dance with the Templars. Um, and I then would... they end up after the song, if you don't match it well enough, they stab you right in the back. Yeah, I. you know what? I would play that game. Okay. <laughs> Just dance along. Just yep. dance along to yep. the Templar. Yeah, you're dancing along until you're not. We'll put it uh, that Yes, way. dancing until you're dead. That's true, of course. But I will say, though, that Assassin's Creed is, again, uh, you know, done so well for Ubisoft. And, of course, Valhalla is. But there has been some highs and lows. I know with, with certain issues, certain games and series talk about bugs. There have been some lowlights with some bugs with some of these games as far as actually, you know, the memes are out there and you can see the videos right now on YouTube and you, you can get a good idea what happened as far as some of these games in the series. So I guess putting a lot of uh, emphasis and putting it all onto one cart for the horse, I guess is, is great. And all these uh, analogies aside, I still have a lot of concern for, for Ubisoft. I think that Ubisoft is the next major name that will be bought by somebody, whether it's Sony, Microsoft, or Nintendo. Yeah, it could be, but I, you know, I, I would like to, I would like them to have an opportunity to, uh, you know, see if they can make a go of it with Assassin's so Creed as the cornerstone. I think so what if it. Sony, what if Sony, your, your fangirl, yeah. uh-huh. Sony, what if Sony buys Ubisoft and just says, you know what, we're going to make Assassin's Creed only exclusive to the PlayStation? I, I would still think that that is an incorrect way to do business. Okay. I just want to make sure. Oh, I just I, want to make sure that I, yeah, you... I just don't think it makes any sense. I really don't. I was, try, I was trying to reel you into that oh, trap and you did not fall into it. For it, sir. Yeah. Okay. All right. I was just making sure, just making sure, because, you know, it was just like, yeah. hmm, I wonder if I said that, what would she say? Hmm, yeah. Okay. All right. All right. Fair enough. But it is Assassin's Creed, which, again, the series could be, as far as if you read the reports, anywhere from six to 11 games currently in development as Ubisoft has now diverting a lot of resources to that series being more of a foundation for Ubisoft going forward because of the success of of Assassin's Creed Valhalla, earning more revenue than any other game in the series, which surprises me uh, because it was never really thought of in my realm as far as being that great of a seller, but Hey, Ben makes more money than all of them, that, and that's the most recent one that, that'll tell you right there that there's hope for the Assassin's Creed series. But are you already burnt out, or do you think it will be a burnout for you at some time with the Assassin's Creed series? For many fans, it was during the mid-2010s, so we'll see. Can that happen for you again? Is Ubisoft gambling to win and betting to win by going ahead and being dependent on the Assassin's Creed series going forward? Please let us know your thoughts, popculturecosmos at yahoo.com. If you're in the Las Vegas and Henderson areas and are looking to buy, sell, or trade the best in classic or current video games and pop culture collectibles, there's no better place to go than Retro City Games. From Xbox to PlayStation, Nintendo to Atari, the great crew at Retro City Games provides the best place to go for all your gaming options. Stop by their two awesome locations in Henderson and also the Las Vegas Strip or follow Retro City Games on Facebook and Instagram for all the latest deals and new items. Without a doubt, there's no better place to go for your gaming needs than your friends at Retro City Games. Well, my friend, 
before we head on out, just a little tidbits here and there. Yeah. One of the uh, trailers that you sent me uh, that I got a chance to take a look at today, there was another great trailer I'll talk about here in a minute. But the first one is The Creator, which is a movie from E1 of mm -hmm. all companies, which is a Canadian-based company, which is more well-known for being owned by Hasbro. Right. Which uh, I think currently E1 works with Dungeons and Dragons, Honor uh -huh. Among Thieves. Uh -huh. And of course, I believe the Transformer movie, which is coming out in the not too distant future as well. Right. Plus also as well, the creator, which is coming out in late September, which is going to be this uh, apocalyptic, post-apocalyptic type of film AI versus humans. Humans create this AI. AI says, okay, I've had enough of you humans. So when they go to war, somebody does a nuclear bomb in LA. And now later they're, you know, the years have passed and they're still, humans are still trying to fight their way through the series uh, where we get to the protagonist, the hero. He discovers who's at the head of all the AI. It's none other than the child. And so he starts having feelings. What I didn't like the fact that this trailer actually gave you the whole plot line in the entire thing without, you know, too much of a surprise. But hey, maybe they need to show everything off in it. But tell, you know, as a, the, of course, he, he finds that this, this child, you know, feels sorry for the child that runs the AI, tries to save the child with the AI. The humans still want to go ahead and battle against uh, the AI and, of course, anything related to it. So they want to get their hands on the kid. And he's trying, even though he was working with the humans, his fellow humans, he now wants to go ahead and save the kid. So going back and forth on that, I thought the look was good. Uh, it's from the director of Rogue One. Yeah. Uh, who's And that's something, obviously, uh, that pedigree right there is, is good because Rogue One is considered one of the best Star Wars movies after 2000. Right. So your thoughts on the creator, I think, again, looks pretty good. I'm not sure the timeline of September 29th for a film like that is the wisest of places to put a film. But your thoughts on the creator. Yeah. It feels like a late summer movie to me. I, I'm, I think you're right. I don't think that it's in the right spot. Um, it does feel like a, one of those late summer um kind of movies um i'm intrigued as i'll get out by it uh, i think the the computer animation in it looks fantastic mm -hmm. um and uh yeah i'm it's a it's an interesting storyline especially where you know i spent part of my morning trying to get my prompts right when i was talking to chat gpt trying to get it to help me out with a little project that i'm working on so mm -hmm. um you know it's it's Before ChatGPT takes over the world and owns your soul. <laughs> right, exactly. So as I'm working on that, you know, this trailer pops up. And so I watched the trailer and I just went, huh, I guess I better send that to Gerald right away. Uh, it just Absolutely. felt like it felt like a, uh, a like a poke, poke, pay attention <laughs> is Absolutely. what it felt like. So. Well, the thing is, though, it comes from E1. Again, they've had their hits and misses. Hasbro has its hits and misses, as you and I have talked about, especially when it came to the Dungeons and Dragons fiasco earlier this year. Yeah. You said, and possibly so, and I thought this was very sound, that could have been the reason why that Dungeons and Dragons Honor Among Thieves did okay, did $92 million or thereabouts here at the box office domestically and about $200 million worldwide before it hit streaming outlets this week on Paramount+. Plus which is okay, but it's not enough to go ahead and warrant a series, which you and I were thinking about that was hoping to happen, that we see this crew once again, and I'm not sure we're going to ever see this crew again, unfortunately, even though it was a delightful movie. I really kind of liked it. And the more I, 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 I'm thinking I'll want to go ahead and see it again on Paramount Plus before it heads on out. So with E1, though, you know, they are not the highest end production company that's out there so they've had their hits and misses especially when you're dealing with a lot of hasbro products so i don't know i don't know how this relates to this e1 how this relates to hasbro how this relates to anything as far as that's concerned it just may have been a project that they were working on before hasbro bought them out so i'm very interested to see whether or not this will work out but its placement tells me it's either going to be a, a big hit a big hit for the fall or an absolute bust, which would be disappointing, even if the movie is thought of as good. 
Yeah, I I really do. I'm I'm very intrigued by the concept of the movie, and uh, like I said, the the uh, computer generated parts of the movie, which is ironic, computer generated parts of the movie about computers running the world. Uh, anyway, uh, they they just it looks fantastic. It looks like even if it the movie is terrible, at least it'll be pretty. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Well, at least it'll be pretty indeed. I'm I'm again I'm interested and I'm intrigued. You got me intrigued on that. It is the creator, so if you get a chance, please check it out. I dropped it on the Pop Culture Cosmos page on Facebook, so if you get a chance, go ahead and click off the link there. You can also click on the link for the latest trailer. I guess it's actually the debut trailer, even though they had a teaser last year for it. I actually kind of like the teaser a little bit more, but this was still a great, great showing as far as a trailer is concerned for Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 1. So your thoughts on Tommy Cruise running, running, running. And by the way, he does a lot of running. That's exactly what I was going to say. Just watch Tom run. That's why you're going to pay $50 for two people to go to a movie just to watch Tom Cruise run across your screen over and over and over again. But much like the Fast and Furious movies, if it works, why change it? So let me ask you this. I okay. do not I do not think that we'll have the same kind of buzz or same kind of success as Top Gun Maverick. That is asking a lot to do 1.8 billion dollars or whatever yeah. it made. You know, it made what is it 1.4, 1.8. Anyway, it's not but there's still and that's another move. The Mission Impossible movies, despite the fact that they have some had some issues storytelling over the years. Some of the series are really, really good. Some, like the first one, absolutely people love it or hate that movie. The second one, I love for its campiness. I thought that was just it's just a really fun movie. That is to me as a popcorn flick. People absolutely hate that movie with a passion. And I don't, you know, for me, I just think it's a lot of fun. But regardless, that means the storytelling is up and down in regards to that series. Well, but it does also earn a ton of cash at the box office internationally because of the fact it features a lot of action. It features a lot of, you know, glitziness, a lot of style, sometimes over substance. My question to you is, do you think this could be a big hit for Tom Cruise as well? Because I think it still will be. I don't think it'll reach the Tom, Top Gun Maverick numbers, but I still think it can do pretty darn good. Yeah, me too. And I, and I think it's going to do bigger um, internationally than it's going to do uh, in the North American box do, office. Do, 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 yeah, do, I, do, I don't know. Do, I just uh, do, do. feel like that's the way that it's going to go. Okay. Uh, I don't, I just, you know, especially now with you, where you're seeing all of the footage of, of Tom Cruise trying so hard to get uh, Shakira to pay attention to him, and she's just not. <laughs> okay. Those are Those are pretty... Awkward but there's videos. no Henry Cavill's mustache this time around. Are you disappointed? Uh, I am disappointed. But we we get a Henry Cavill. Don't we have a period piece coming where he is like mustache for days? I don't know. I think Maybe. we do. I think there's a okay. period piece coming starring Henry Cavill okay. as like a war guy, but he's well, got you, like the big mustache. But you still get one more season of him de- totally depressed as you know the Witcher uh, and, and the I. Witcher. I I, I, I do I enjoy a brooding Henry Cavill. Let's be honest. I am the Witcher. Yes. I'm the Witcher. Yes. Yeah, brooding. I, hunt, I should say depressed. I should say I hunt. Brooding. I hunt the monsters. Okay. I am so the I, monster. Yeah, I should say depressed. I apologize yeah. for saying depressed. Let's say brooding. Let's say brooding. Sure. Yes, yeah. there you go. Brooding. Yes, brooding. <laughs> yes. I am the Witcher. I am the Witcher. But I do think that it's going to do well. And if you have thoughts on either of those trailers, they're right there at Pop Culture Cosmos on Facebook. Leave your comment right there or let us know. PopCultureCosmos at Yahoo.com. But before we head on out, my friend, wanted to go ahead and touch on the MCU real quick. We said how important the second week was going to be for Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. And everybody at Disney and at Marvel and at Kevin Feige's office is breathing a sigh of relief because... Last weekend, it had the best second week holdover since the pandemic started. So let's say 2020 for all given intents and purposes. So the best of this decade at 49% drop off from one week to the next, which is absolutely, when you talk about a superhero movie, pretty darn good. So your thoughts, do you feel a lot easier and can you breathe a lot easier about the MCU going forward now? I mean, I'm I'm still I'm still worried about it because you know this this feels like one of the the last movies that they're kind of wrapping up uh, from Phase One, right? 
Okay. Phase two. Yeah, no. I can't. Sorry, my my we're Marvel timeline. Five, yeah, no, I know, I know, we're in the that phase, but I mean, did did, did gallons of galaxy? Oh my goodness! Did Guardians gallons of, galaxy, of the yeah. did gallons of the galaxy talk talk in the thing? Oh man, <laughs> did Guardians of the Galaxy start in phase one or phase two? I think it was phase two, if I'm not mistaken. August of 2014, I think that is phase two. Yeah, okay. So I kind of feel the same way. So, But it's still part of that, um, you know, original flush, the first flush of love that we had for the Marvel movies. Gallons of the Galaxy, yes, you're right. (laughs) Yeah, so I just, I'm not surprised that it did well. I was concerned that it wouldn't. Uh, just because of the the seeming um, indications of of superhero fatigue, finally that we've been expecting would arrive. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, no, I'm I'm thrilled that this movie did well. Um, I'm hope that that means that the audience is still out there for Marvel. We just they just have to keep with the razzle dazzle, and uh, as long as they have that, uh, they're going to bring butts into the theaters. Keep with the razzle dazzle. I like that for gallons yeah. of the galaxy. There you yeah. go. <laughs> Wow, that was cool i'm sorry uh but i tell you what though guardians of the galaxy volume three it looks like it's going to be a pretty good hit for marvel uh and it just needs to be a pretty good hit because as long as you've got secret invasion uh but the rest of this year looks kind of tenuous i know you talked about the marvels being eh? yeah echo why is echo being dropped all at once you know are they so reliant on loki season two I don't know what's going on, but again, it's it will probably even itself out next year when you and I will be talking Captain America, New World Order, yeah, possibly even Blade, possibly you know, there's there's so many other bigger name movies and television shows, Daredevil, which are on the way. Well, we don't know about that that for sure with the writer strike, but again, I know they're filming as they filmed this week, Captain America, New World Order. So that looks like it's still a go and continuous for Marvel. But again, there's we don't know how good the rest of this year is. Looks like sort of like, okay, there's, there's things that Disney and Marvel are sure about and some things that they're not. So we want to hear your thoughts. Are you a little bit, you know, can you breathe a little bit easier about what's going on with the MCU after the second week hold of Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3? Let us know, popculturecosmos at yahoo.com. Well, my friend, you knocked it out of the park, but sorry to bring this to you again, but Xbox rears its other ugly head for you as a PlayStation lover that you are. Uh-huh. I do want to go ahead and ask you your thoughts on this, that we thought after the first strike against Xbox, it was not looking too great as far as uh, in the UK, but the European Commission this week said, it's all good when it concerns Microsoft's possible and and hopeful acquisition on my account for Activision Blizzard. Your thoughts on this? Because, again, you have a situation where the UK says no, but the European Commission, which takes care of a lot of Europe, says yes. And you wonder why Brexit happened. <laughs> mm-hmm. Good point. You know, honestly. Excellent. That's yeah. yes, very yeah. well done. Very Thank well you. done. Thank you. Pat yourself Thank you. on the back for that. I'm here at go. least until next week. <laughs> oh, that was well good. That that was good. All right. Put no, your thoughts but, on this. Yeah, no, I'm I'm not surprised uh to hear this happen. I, I think it is inevitable that this is gonna go through. Uh I think it is going to get approved by everything and and uh it is what it's gonna be for the next decade, and then they're gonna start making their moves. Um, I, I really do think that there are going to be a lot of, uh, titles that become Microsoft exclusive out of this deal, uh, which is unfortunate for, for PlayStation fans, even Nintendo fans. Uh, I know that Nintendo signed Call of Duty be one of them. Yeah, probably. And I know that, uh, you know, Nintendo signed the deal where they had the 10 years of, Mm -hmm. uh, everybody except for PlayStation. Yeah, and uh, you know, but maybe PlayStation is being a little bit too salty about it at this point. But Could they come groveling back to the table? I I don't think so. I don't think that they would. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Please go ahead and check out what Melinda's doing each and every weekend. Not only for the stuff that she did recently with Basin, but the Forbidden Lands. She we were just talking about before the show how much effort and time she puts into it. And again, if you got any taste for tabletop RPG action, I highly suggest all the stuff that Melinda does. It's really, really good. So, oh, thank that's, you. That's just my 
not so unbiased <laughs> well i appreciate your unbiased opinion <laughs> unbiased indeed. yeah yeah so for melinda barkhouse ross this is gerald glassford it's another beautiful day in paradise right here in the pcc multiverse we thank you for listening and here's hoping you have yourself a great